This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads on our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk. If you'd like to join us in person, our talks take place at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Let us be honest and look at our globe with most of the people on it being non-believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Looking at it as we have it today in this 21st century of technology and development and we discover that it's in a fairly sad state. Even in the most advanced of countries, governments and systems are creaking In the most ancient of them, like our own, the systems are under a constant buffeting, along with the social life around which they were built. The teaching of the Bible explains to us not not only what can be our destiny, but also what is to be the destiny of the whole globe. And the solution will take place here on earth, And it will be centred around Jesus the Christ, who will be king. King of the Jews, and your king, and my king, if we really want it. The teaching of the Bible, from beginning to end, has to do with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The very first verse of the Bible Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. And another very simple, straightforward statement. Another prophet, Habakkuk, who said, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. What we have to say now greatly concerns the globe and its peoples. Today, the nature of government in this country is such that the monarch is detached, holding no allegiance to the right, the left or the centre parties. When the people vote, our Queen goes through what is no more than the ritual act of calling in the victorious party leader, inviting them to be Prime Minister and to form her government. She has at all times to preserve her monarchical neutrality. But this has not always been the case with kings and queens, even in this country. They were the government. They raised taxes, they allocated land as they deemed fit, they deprived this man and they rewarded that man. They formed an army, they went to war, and when it suited them, they declared the peace. Now, thankfully, this all changed over the years and we come to have basically what we have today, a mainly stable form of government, by the good offices of which we are able to meet as now and have freedom of worship. And we should thank God for this and we should always remember that the Bible teaches us that we should have respect for government of whatever colour or persuasion. Now this was not the form of government that the children of Israel had 
the Jews. No, theirs was quite different. Ours has, if we look at it, Parliament, the Queen, and there was a third estate, the Church. That was the kind of order that there was, although in recent times the role of the Church has greatly diminished. With the nation of Israel, however, things were quite different. First of all, initially, God was king, and he gave his laws, and those laws were enacted through the priests, through whom the common people worshipped. Some of these laws having what we would term as civil application. The same kind of law which said, for example, that if you dug a deep hole in your garden with no warning or protection and your neighbour fell into it and was hurt or even killed then you, you personally had to make retribution often forfeit your own life because of a callous disregard for the safety of others now this is how the children of Israel operated for quite some time until they too came to have kings not because God wanted it but because they wanted it they wanted to be like the nations round about them and they became like them and they went downhill as a direct consequence now that Jewish people are the same Jewish people that we have today the ones we find here in Ormskirk in London in Leeds in Birmingham and in Manchester they are exactly the same people and they are the same people who have gathered themselves together in the land of Israel and who are now known as the Israelis they are the, they are the direct descendants of those people who were living on the earth 2000 years ago at the time when Jesus was here on earth or further back to when King David reigned in Jerusalem or even much, much further back to the days of the father of the Jewish nation the man Abraham and if you looked into it you would find Jewish families round here in Ormskirk and in the other places that we mentioned called Abraham's or Isaac's or Jacob's or more commonly Cohen or Goldstein now if we look at the state of Israel as we have it at the moment now in 2019 we discover that it does not it does not have a king they have a system of government just like many other countries in the world and they have from time to time constitutional crisis with their government often leading to resignations and coalitions and new leaders they're no different to any other country it's a worldwide trend <clears throat> they have a form of government with a prime minister that's the most important role they also have a president and the president is mainly a figurehead now what we want to talk about is, although the world doesn't know it, 
and the people of Israel certainly do not know it that in the future in Jerusalem there is going to be a throne a throne on which a king the king will sit and we're not talking about spiritually occupied or out of this world occupied we're talking about really being occupied in Jerusalem there will be a throne a throne on which a king the king will sit let us now look at the Bible and see just what it has to say to us and we're going to start out and we're going into the third gospel written under inspiration by the man Luke and in chapter 1 we read the true account of the birth of Jesus the angel has arrived and is speaking to Mary who is to be the mother of Jesus and the angels are the messengers of God they are not mortal beings they live with God and we're going to read an extremely well-known piece of scripture hopefully with a difference we're going to read it with a difference quite a number of people in this room are more than familiar with this piece of scripture but I want them to use their imagination and I want them to listen to these words as though they'd never heard them before and they're listening to a piece of prose from a, a legal document a legal a legally binding clause and listen to these words as though you've never heard them before and it's Luke chapter 1 and verse 30 then the angel said to her do not be afraid Mary for you have found favor with God <clears throat> and behold you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and she'll call his name Jesus he will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David here is a distinct promise about the birth of Jesus if we go on into verse 33 it says and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end let's just read the end of verse 32 again and verse 33 together and listen to these words as though you've never heard them before and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end he will reign over the Jews that is the house of Jacob remember Abraham, Isaac and Jacob they were the fathers of the house of Israel and God changed Jacob's name to Israel he had 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of Israel. In the same way as when we're talking about our royal families here in England, 
we have the house of Tudor or the house of Stuart or up to date our present queen is a member of the house of Windsor now ponder verse 33 once again because it says clearly that Jesus will reign over the Jews and up to now that is about the last thing that has happened Today's Jews, young and old, in the main, are not interested in a king or in Messiah, in Abraham, in King David, or in anything at all to do with their past. Most of them are atheist or agnostic, only interested in the present, in survival, so that they can have a future, but a future as they perceive, not as, what, not as God would have a future for them now although there are many exceptions and there are Jews in general orthodox or otherwise do not tend to believe in Jesus of Nazareth some are still looking elsewhere for the Messiah but what it says there to us in verses 32 and 33 is the key to the destiny of of the globe the throne referred to is the throne of King David the psalmist of Israel who reigned from Jerusalem 1000 years before Christ and like the lifespan of Jesus he reigned in Jerusalem for 33 and a half years now the angel says to Mary who was a direct descendant of King David Mary you are going to have a son Mary God is going to give to your son the throne in Jerusalem of his father your forefather King David he is going to reign over the whole house of Jacob the whole house of Israel Mary that is a promise We shall now go to the end of the Gospel of Luke and the 23rd chapter. The chapter which concerns the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke's Gospel and chapter 23. And we'll start reading at verse 33. Again, try to imagine you've not heard these words before. And think of them in conjunction with what we've read from chapter 1. <coughs> and when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, 
If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. This is the king of the Jews. So what was at the beginning of the gospel is there at the end. They have got the message and they don't want it. What was said to Mary at the beginning, before he was born, has come right through and is said again at the end as he's about to be crucified. And as he is crucified, there are the words put up not by the Jews, but amazingly by Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of all people. This is Jesus the king of the Jews. The leaders of the people went to Pilate to protest. Do not write the king of the Jews, but he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate said, somewhat ironically, uttering a truth way beyond himself, what I have written, I have written was one inestimably higher in control here. Without doubt, the truth of what what he had written had been decreed by Almighty God. For neither Pilate, nor the Pharisees, or the Sadducees, or the scribes, or the lawyers, kings, or rulers, or any of us will be able to obliterate what God has said that the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. But he never had it. He never was a king. When he did all those miracles, when he made bread and fed the multitudes, they said to him, this is the man for us. And they wanted to make him a king and came to him for that purpose. He, however, said to them, You haven't come because you saw the miracles, but because you ate bread. They had not perceived what was behind the miracles, that no man can do these works unless he is from or of God. They had seen what a number of people see. Not everyone, of course what people vote for in elections, what's in it for them personally. Blow everybody else who is going to give them something here and now. Not what might be best for the whole of society, for the future well-being of all. No interest in goodness and righteousness. The fight always seems to be on a squalid level. When Jesus was crucified, there was another level. Had he wanted it? In Matthew 26 and verse 53, it says, Do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? He raised no hand to save himself or to make himself a king. Let us now ask a vital question, 
a vital question. Why do we think that the Jews have gone back to what is called Palestine after nearly 2,000 years? There never has been in world history anything of this kind to exist as a nation for 2,000 years without a land is one miracle but to go back and establish a nation in the face of incredible opposition is quite another and we're not just talking about opposition from the hostile Arab nations round about no, when the nation was forming the opposition came from the UN from the USA and the UK and many others And yet they formed, they survived, and in a very simplistic terms, have gone from strength to strength. They are there, and the miracle has taken place during the lifetime of a few people in this room, including me. Luke chapter 21 and verse 24 says, And they will fall by the edge of the sword, and be led away captive into all nations. Is it true? Did it happen? We cannot deny the truth of these words. What God has written, God has written. There are Jews here in Ormskirk, and they're in Birmingham and Bermondsey, and Bangkok and Burma, and Australia and New Zealand, China, Germany, they almost own the United States of America. There is even a Jewish society in Cairo, in Egypt. They are everywhere, and God said that they would be. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 10 says, You are my witnesses, says the Lord. And another prophet, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, For I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. And this is the most compelling reason we can come across. We have never, never, never found anyone who can come up with a reasonable argument to refute it. People say it's a coincidence. But when Jesus said 2,000 years ago that it would happen... And we can see that not only were they scattered, but also regathered, that it did happen. If we are fair minded people, we should be. No, we cannot fail to be, but brought up with a jolt. Just finishing that verse 24 from Luke chapter 21, we read And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Jerusalem will be under Gentile, non-Jewish control until, until meaning that at some point, Gentile control would cease, would finish. There will be a time when Jerusalem, which has been held among others by the Romans, the Arabs, the Turks, The British, well, things will suddenly change. The dominion of the Gentiles over Jerusalem will come to an end. And it happened in part in your lifetime 
if you were born before 1967. For that's when it started to take place <coughs> during the famous Six Day War. It was not free <coughs> in Jesus' day, then the Romans were in control. 1967 was the first time that Jerusalem, and I stress, was predominantly in Jewish control since the days of the ancient kings. Let's go back and come to rest on the last of these ancient kings of Judah and Jerusalem. It was a wicked man by the name of Zedekiah. Now we're not going to go into any sort of detail about this man. We're just interested and need to take heed of what was said to him by God through the prophet Ezekiel. And we're going to read for you from Ezekiel chapter 21. We're going to read four ver three verses. Ezekiel chapter 21 and verse 25. Now to you, O profane, wicked prince of Israel, whose day has come, whose iniquity shall end, thus says the Lord God, Remove the turban and take off the crown. Nothing shall remain the same. Exalt the humble and humble the exalted. Overthrown, overthrown, I will make it overthrown. It shall be no longer until he comes whose right it is and I will give it to him. Until he comes whose right it is and I will give it to him. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Luke chapter 1 directly linked with Ezekiel chapter 21 written some 500 or so years before and it all adds up scripture talks of a king to reign on David's throne the Jews were scattered as a consequence of their wickedness they have been oppressed for 2,000 years they are now regathered in Israel Jerusalem once more is the capital city and unbeknown to the world, it is poised for the return of the King. In other words, the second coming of Jesus. And the second coming of Jesus is not that he might be the Lamb that takes away the sins of the world to die, but be a King to rule. Let us now look at some straightforward passages of scripture. The simple teaching. Jesus was born. He lived. He died. He was raised from the dead. He was on earth for another 40 days. After which he ascended into heaven. And as he ascended into heaven. Two angels spoke to the disciples who watched. And they said... And it's recorded for us in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1 and verse 11. Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come 
in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So here we have the clear promise of the second coming of Jesus. It's the clearest, clearest verse in the whole of Scripture. The third chapter of Acts is where Peter, who was preaching to a Jewish audience, tells his listeners to repent, to to believe that Jesus is Messiah, to be baptized, and to wait. And it says in verse 21 of Acts chapter 3, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. So Peter says that Jesus the Christ is going to come back and that it will be the time of restoration that the prophets have spoken of. And while we're in the Acts, we'll just quote one more verse from Acts, and that's Acts chapter 17 and verse 31, which says, Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Now these are the words of the Apostle Paul speaking in Athens of the gospel of Jesus and of his return to the earth. Now significantly for us here in this room this afternoon these words were spoken to non-Jews, to Gentiles. So the kingdom is not just for Jews. In Matthew 25 and verse 31, Jesus said, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. And after these words, Jesus goes on to talk about all nations and a judgment where some people enter the kingdom and some don't. He talks about sheep and goats. The sheep will be granted immortality and will live and reign with Christ forever with joy beyond our comprehension. And the goats will die and be remembered no more. So surely a warning, surely a warning for us today. The second coming of Jesus Christ to this earth as king to reign from Jerusalem over believing Jews and Gentiles is a fundamental truth of the scriptures it's not something that we can take an option on no if we claim to believe in God and in his only begotten son Jesus the Christ we are deeply involved you and me yes what has to be fulfilled is that simple prayer that we all know and have heard time and time again and that has meaning and it has meaning only in Jesus our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done and critically your will be done on earth as it is in heaven 
Now, whenever has that happened? But none of this can happen until the king is here. Daniel's prophecy, chapter 2 and verse 35, tells us that his kingdom will fill the whole earth. And then in verse 44 of the same chapter, it says, The God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And finally, we have in Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. He will be king of the Jews and he will be king of the Gentiles. God's kingdom is at the core of the gospel message and it's our choice right now whether we are to be a part of it. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk.